You're listening to The Table Podcast, a podcast created for millennials to talk about spiritual truths, answer your questions about God, the Bible, and all things spiritual, and to give practical advice on how to live out your faith. Here's your host, teaching and young adult pastor at Southern Hills Church in Carrollton, Georgia, Keith Trollinger. What is up, guys? It's April the 23rd, 2020. Wherever you are right now, whether you are taking a walk or a run or you're driving into work or you might be just chilling in your favorite spot, but wherever you are, I hope you guys are having an awesome week. I know that I've said it before, but I really do appreciate all the encouragement on Facebook and Instagram, the text messages. Keep tracking with the podcast and share with others as we keep growing. If you've been watching the news at all this week, then you know that things are starting to reopen. In Georgia, this week, you can get a haircut or a back massage this Friday. And by Monday, you should be able to walk into your favorite restaurant where I live. We've been waiting on five guys to open up for a long time. And so this will definitely be a first stop for me. Well, last week we talked about exchanging truth for a lie, exchanging what God wants in our lives for really what we want, in which sometimes it just feels right, but it can be vicious, right? Because it never ends and it leads to a lot of conflict. We just want more and more and more, which leads to greater conflict. And often it leads to a lot of destruction when we just want what we want, right? In fact, there's probably many of us that are in the middle of that conflict right now or that destruction that leads to a ton of anxiety, fear, loss of control, unhappiness, depression. I mean, you fill in the blank. Check this verse out from James chapter 4, James is a writer in the the New Testament of the Bible, and he writes this, and, and see if this sounds like you. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Do they come from the evil desires that that are at war within you? You want what you don't have. And so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. And so you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong right? You want only what will give you pleasure. I mean, is anybody in that war, right? Anybody feeling that tension? Just wave your hand in the air, right? Like I would agree that we're probably, most of us are there and most of us have definitely been there in our life, right? And so I told you guys at the end of episode five last week that I wanted to give you seven things that I've been practicing often. It's no special formula, but no doubt, man, will these seven things move you toward healing and having hope and joy and peace and freedom and experiencing some serious love that is greater than anything that you've ever known. And so in no particular order, I want to uh, to walk with you these seven things to go through them with you. But before we jump into these, I want to say this. I'm sure that you've heard somewhere in life, just follow your heart, right? Like when you were a little kid or you were in high school or in college, people were saying, look, dude, you just got to trust your heart, man, and go there, right? Well, that's not really the best advice. Like oftentimes our heart is really what gets us into the difficult circumstances and struggles that we're in. Our heart produces a behavior, We want something deep down inside or we don't get our way and we get hurt. And some of us are struggling with deep pain, right? And so that produces a kind of behavior. And what people try to do is to correct the behavior. But when you correct behavior, you're not dealing with the root. You're not really getting to the core of why it is you want what you want or why you're angry or why you're in pain. In fact, The more that I think about this, it's really something that we need to talk about and go deeper into that we don't have time today, but that we need to come back to because I I hear people say this a lot, man, like Keith, I just want to be happy or I need this person in my life to be happy or I need this job or I just need to move somewhere else, right? I mean, some of us have been in that place where we're like, 
I just need to get out of this town. I need to get out of this city and I need to move somewhere else. And if I go somewhere else, everything will change. My life will change. My struggles will change. My attitude will change. My emotions will change. Everything will change. And some of those things may be true, but I always wonder what is going on in the heart? What is causing them to want what they want and to do what they do? And so maybe we'll get into this more next week, but for now, these practices will help us get to the root of struggle in our life. And see, God has a way of bringing to the surface things that we've buried for a long time. We've talked about this, right? God uses struggle and pain to bring real things to the surface. And then he heals us as we walk in freedom, man, as we learn to walk things out. And so again, these things that I do often, they have no particular order to them, but they keep me from being prideful. They keep me maturing in my faith. They create a deep need for God, which may be new for some of you. And I get that, but here we go. These are seven things that I think would be incredible in no particular order, but seven things that I would encourage you guys to begin walking out. The first one is confess and be vulnerable. To confess to God, specifically your struggles and sin, right? And so these are things that that uh, are bad habits. or these are things like we talked about last week, idols that you have replaced God for, right? Things and people, whether it be hobbies or dreams or habits, whatever it may be. But I would encourage you guys, don't ignore it, right? Don't skirt around it, but to confess it and be vulnerable about it, right? Just say exactly what it is. Solomon writes in Proverbs 28, 13, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they'll receive mercy. And so what what he's basically saying is that if we bring out what is true into the light, if we expose it, minus all excuses and justification, if we confess it to God, man, the mercy is going to follow. We'll receive mercy. And a lot of times we don't want to expose it because we don't want to admit it. We think we can handle it on our own. We think that we can conquer it by ourselves. And when you expose it, it is. It's admitting that, look, I need help. And so I'm exposing this to you, God. I'm telling you that I'm in the wrong, and that's okay. Confession is the beginnings of ridding yourself of the sin and the struggle. And I would encourage you guys in this confession and being vulnerable to be vulnerable with trusted people in your life that you can confess to, no matter how painful and embarrassing you may feel. Having someone else who knows and loves you brings healing. It also adds a measure of accountability, right? Like if I'm confessing to a good friend of mine, or if I'm confessing to someone older than me that I look up to, then that creates a level of accountability for that person to check in on me or to check up on me or to really strengthen the relationship that I have with them. And so confess and be vulnerable and do it often. And when we do this, we begin to turn from our struggle to God and his promises. The second thing, and dude, this may be crazy for some of you. You may be like, Keith, you have lost your mind, but I would tell you to thank God, to thank God for your pain right? God is revealing the condition of a heart and he's making you aware, aware of your need for him. And I would say, thank him for that. Thank him for the season that you're in because he is refining you or he wants to. And through that pain, he wants to strengthen you. And that's a good thing. So as crazy as it sounds, I say to God often, God, thank you that this struggle is revealing some really deep things in my heart, man that I've needed to deal with for a long time. And thank you that you love me and that you're not going to leave me alone until I get this stuff right, right? And so thank God for your pain and struggle. I know it's crazy, but I'm telling you, it does some incredible things. The third thing, pray. 
I have a cross in my room in my house. And on the cross, man, like I'll start there every morning. And sometimes I'll find myself there in the evening. Sometimes just for a few seconds. Sometimes I'm there a long time. Sometimes I'm crying, man. Sometimes I'm not. But when I see it, I pray. I would say to you, be vulnerable in your prayer. Just like being vulnerable with someone else and confessing to God really what's going on and that you need him. I would also say that in your prayer time, to be vulnerable, to be raw, to be expressive, expressing your feelings to God, get it out. It's like purging yourself of all of these emotions that maybe you've held in for a long time. And dude, you are just getting that stuff out. You are cleansing it out. You're saying, God, I'm just being raw with you. I'm being 100% real right now, God, and I'm telling you everything that I'm feeling, man, and I'm struggling, dude, and I need your help. I'm just going to share and just unload with you, God. God is not shocked when you're raw before him. He wants you to be raw, and he wants you to be real. I mean, open up your Bible literally to the middle. It's the book of Psalms. Literally, that's where you land most of the time, and you want to talk about raw and authentic writings and prayers? I mean, read that book in the Bible, Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S read it because there's a lot going on there. In fact, when you read it and you study it, and I read it often because I find that there are scriptures in that book that identify with what I'm going through. And sometimes I'll pray those things out. Like I'll insert my name in places where I need to insert it saying, God, this is me. And I'm praying this just like the writer of this Psalm prayed it. I'm praying it to God. And so I would encourage you guys to pray and to pray a lot, man, and to get raw. The fourth thing, Spend time in the Bible. Don't just read it like it's a duty or that you have to, but study it, wrestle with it, dissect it, memorize it, talk about it with others. And every thought that you have, every lie, every confusion, every lie that you tell yourself, right? Because man, a lot of us, dude, we have the battle in the mind. And what we can do is we take the scripture that we read. If it's a truth, right? If it's something that's encouraging, then we take that lie in our head and we make it obedient to what God says in the Bible. And so allow the Bible to change the way you think and to point you back to what is true. Your identity is not in your struggle or to the thing or the person that you hold so dear. Your identity has the potential to be in the creator of the universe and his son, Jesus Christ. And when our heart worships other things than God, or when we are struggling with sin, we begin believing lies. And so we have to use the Bible as a huge source of truth, allowing God to change our thinking. Number five, love. Do not underestimate what love can do. In seasons where God is tearing down your, your idols, the things that we talked about last week, or that God is really working on sin in your life, you may find yourself wanting to isolate and withdraw from people, right? I just want to get away from people. I just want to be by myself. I would ask you to resist, man. Do the opposite in love. Find ways to serve and encourage others. I mean, what do you have that you can give away? Who are your enemies that you can love, right? Scripture tells us Jesus says to love your enemies. It's easy to love your friends, but to love your enemies, and watch love radically change your heart. Number six, attack it. Stop feeding your struggle, your sin, and attack it. Go right at its throat. Jesus even suggests amputation. I mean, in the very first book in the New Testament, Matthew 5, he says this, so if your eye, even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So what does this mean? Does he literally say, amputate your arm or cut out your eye? No, not literally. But Jesus is saying to take your sin dead seriously. What measures do you need to do to take to attack it? What do you need to get rid of? Do you need to get off of Instagram? Do you need to shut down Facebook? Do you need to sell your house? 
What do you need to do to take your struggle seriously? And my fight to destroy, because man, I was struggling with jealousy a lot just recently in this season of my life. And so what I did with jealousy is I went right for its jugular, man. I struggled with it. And in my attack, I went to the person that I was jealous of and I confessed it. And I asked them to pray with me because I didn't want to give the enemy more room to mess with me in my mind. Your fight against sin may look different, but I would encourage you, man, to ask God, God, do I need to confront a person? And do I need to share with a person that I'm struggling against them? Oftentimes, it might not be a great idea to do that. But there are some people where you can do that with, and they're going to say, man, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And I'm going to pray for you. The person that I was jealous of, there was nothing that he could do to help me. But for me to be able to just share that with him, it took power away from the enemy to continue to mess with me. And so I would encourage you to attack it, man. What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to cut off? What friendships, relationships, things do you need to walk away from, man? so that God can begin renewing your heart. And the seventh thing is to fear God. Our sin has a way of shrinking God down to where he becomes extremely small. We lose a right fear of God, and we need to fear God. And I'm not speaking solely on fearing the wrath of God, which I know that, man, maybe some of you have heard that growing up in your life, the wrath of God. And like, there is truth to the wrath of God. And we should fear that. But that's not the only thing about God that we should fear. I'm also speaking of God's greatness, man, his grandeur, his glory, right? Which you can read in Isaiah chapter six. But I would encourage you, study his grace and truth, learning about the grace and truth of God and just how God breathes stars into the sky and his greatness and his grandeur. And yet he wants to be so close to us, man. That has a a way of creating a healthy fear of who he is in our lives. And many of us, we've lost the wonder and the majesty of who God is. And we've replaced it with a lie. And so I would encourage you to read maybe the last five chapters of Job, man. That's a great way to sort of renew your mind about who God is and to put God in right perspective and to begin fearing him again. And so remind yourself of who God is and and gain an appropriate view of who you are in him. And so those are the seven. And I use this phrase, flex the muscle often, because I'm bending these seven joints often and I'm putting them to work. And so my encouragement to you guys is to flex these seven muscles, to confess, to thank God, to pray, to spend time in scripture, to love others and to attack it and fear God. Flex these seven out and watch as you begin developing spiritual muscles, strength to endure. It makes me think of this verse in the Bible in Romans chapter five, verses three through five. Again, Paul writes this. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope does not disappoint us, man. This hope is good. And so I would encourage you, man, to flex those spiritual muscles. And as you do that, then you develop endurance. You develop a strength of character and you develop a hope, man. And those things are eternal. Those things last. They outlast anything that you have in your house or your car or any human relationship. Those things last. And so this week, take two or three and go at it. And next week, Add one or two more and go at it. Grind it out. Much like creating a space in your house or apartment to work out, create a space in your house to grind these new habits out. And if you need more conversation on any of these, man, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can email me at keithtrollinger at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook or DM me on Instagram. Well, 
That's all the time that we have for today. I genuinely hope that you guys are doing awesome. Get outside if you can because the weather is perfect this week. And I hope it is in your area like it's in mine. And so let's keep praying for our country as we reopen. And again, thanks so much for listening. Subscribe and share on your Facebook feed, your Instagram stories, word of mouth, anybody that you can think of with this podcast, and maybe even your enemies. So until next week, man, flex the muscles. I love you guys. Have an awesome week. So long, podcast family.